Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet celebrating Easter in July. It's the Noobs and the Whovian. My name is Austin, I'm the Whovian, these are my sons Tripp and Corbin. And we're the Noobs. And this is the podcast that introduces a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And two sons who haven't. So welcome to episode 61, covering the 2009 Easter special, Planet of the Dead. This is the one where the Doctor takes a double-decker bus to Jakku. (laughs) A cat burglar makes a narrow escape onto a bus just ahead of an Easter candy-munching Doctor. He's using a thing to hunt a something when suddenly he finds it. He yells, hang on, as the bus goes through a wormhole and ends up on a desert planet. After assessing the damage, it's time for someone to take charge, so the cat burglar does. Christina, as we find out her name is, gives an inspiring speech to rally the troops, but something strange is happening. The sand isn't quite right, and one of the bus passengers says they're surrounded by the dead and something worse is coming. The doctor and Christina go on the best companion audition adventure ever. They meet some fly people and discover that the coming sandstorm is actually billions of metal stingrays. Turns out the desert planet was teeming with life and over 100 billion inhabitants just last year. Some of those sand particles are actually dead people. It's people! In my hair! (laughs) They grab part of the ship to help get them home and make a run for it. Back on Earth, my favorite scientist in recent memory, Malcolm, has figured out how to jiggery-pokery the wormhole closed at the last possible second. The doctor jiggery-pokeries the fly people tech onto the bus and flies it through the wormhole. Now it's time for the doctor to show Christina those stars. But he says no. He's had people travel with him before, and he's lost every one of them. Sort of. Christina makes a fantastic escape just in time for the psychic lady to tell the doctor to be careful because his song is ending. He will knock four times the end mm. story uh, number 200 guys oh yeah tidbit for you the bus 200 was number 200 mm-hmm. <gasps> in honor of the episode. so uh this <laughs> this originally aired april 11th 2009 uh, to 9.54 million viewers, oh, wow. and um, I had a I had a note about that that seems to have not saved. I, I think if I understood it right, this makes it the um, the sixth highest new Who, um, mm-hmm. including episodes that came after it. So like ah. it was it was even higher ranked, um, you right, know, until time. some probably other episodes. Second because huh? I said probably second because the first episode had like 10 million and yeah was yeah like yeah massive drop. Right, it's exactly. like seven million. Oh. Yeah, so, and I actually, um, I don't know, but I, I mm, the end of time might actually beat out the, uh, might actually beat out Rose. I, I, I don't know. I'm not mm, sure about that, but wow. it was, it was super highly anticipated, mm. um, and is definitely above this episode as far as ratings after it aired. But up until this point, it was, uh, it was pretty high up there. Uh, this was written by our man, Russell T. Davies and Gareth Roberts. And if I remember correctly, it was adapted from a novel, uh, that Gareth Roberts had written. It was directed by James Strong. And uh, we mentioned before that uh, the last regular episode we did, hey, by the way, welcome back to regular episodes. <laughs> yeah. hey, hey, everybody. We're finally uh, our, back. Our most regular episode took place in the future, so I don't know what's happening mm-hmm. anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, the closest thing to a regular Doctor Who episode, we had to pretend like we were two years in the future. So. <laughs> um Spoiler alert. Anyways, what, so, what do you mean? No, no, that that wasn't pretending. That yeah, that, that was real. What, what do you something, mean? Something what? strange happened. Uh, yeah. the, <laughs> the next doctor, which was the last regular episode we watched, 
along with Waters of Mars, the next episode that we're going to watch, mm-hmm. and this episode, The Planet of the Dead, were all three nominated for the 2010 Hugo Award in the category of Best Dramatic Presentation Short Form. And you remember, we talked about that last time, um, that it was kind of weird. It was like the Christmas 2008 special, and it mm. was nominated for the 2010 Hugo Award. We talked <laughs> about how, how wonky that seemed. But um, wibbly, wibbly. It, was, it was all three. So, so you're talking about three episodes in a row that are wow. Hugo Award nominees. And Damn, that's um, actually amazing. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously we'll we'll be mentioning uh, something about that uh, next week for Waters of Mars. Mm-hmm. Uh, miscellaneous trivia. Oh, this is fun. Um, the bus, y'all know how um, how broken up the bus was? That Like the mm-hmm. top, thank goodness no one was sitting on the top deck. Yeah, Because they would have been dead. Um, it was all like crunched in and everything. And <sighs> the bus driver mentioned it. And then... Um, Christina mentioned it. She was like, a Faraday mm-hmm. cage has to be closed and the top of the bus is all mangled and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, that wasn't in the script. Wait, what? That actually happened to that bus. Seriously? <laughs> so they were just so, driving it and then that actually just no, no, crumpled no, they, up? It didn't happen while they were driving. So, no, I mean like they're driving it and then that same bus just got crumpled up at some point. Let me explain. So there were two of these buses. One was in... Uh, I think it was London was where, or well, it was in the UK, wherever they shot the London bits of this episode, they had a bus there and then they had a duplicate bus that was made up exactly the same. By the way, all the ads on the side of the bus are all in universe ads. They're not, okay. you know, they, were, they were Doctor Who universe uh, ads. So they put all the same stuff on it. Journey for Magpies Electronics. No, I, no, I don't <clears throat> know of, nothing to know of. Um, but uh, they shipped the duplicate bus to Dubai, which is where they filmed the desert. Also, they didn't film it on Jakku. Uh, no, not that's actually. That's disappointing. Not, not even on Tatooine. Sorry. Mm. So sorry. Um, not enough suns on Tatooine. Ah. So they were one, <laughs> I only had two. They were one short. <laughs> so, But at any rate, in transit, somewhere, uh, they, I mean, they literally like put it into a, into a, uh, a big box, basically, and put it on a boat and shipped it to Dubai. <laughs> and then somewhere along the lines of loading it onto the boat or getting it off the boat or somewhere, it got just crumpled like that. Man. So all the damage to the top of that bus was real world damage <laughs> that happened in shipping, in transit. Ah, so they had to retcon it. So they gave... So not, only, not only did they have to retcon it, they had to copy it onto the duplicate bus. Because when they flew back through the wormhole, oh. they had to do scenes in London with, with it oh damaged. So there, uh, there's um, some great behind-the-scenes uh, footage on the Doctor Who Confidential. We should have watched that. Why huh? didn't we watch I it? I did. Uh, <laughs> well, why didn't you watch it with us? <laughs> y'all can, y'all should, y'all should take maybe, maybe one morning this week and go watch it. It's got some interesting stuff in there. Um, but yeah, they, they. So there's some great footage of them like taking a like a forklift and just ramming into the side of a bus. And destroying the top of the bus on purpose. <laughs> but they had to destroy it in such a way that it reasonably looked like the other bus that was actually mm-hmm. damaged in transit. So I um, only have one. You better make it count. But uh, wouldn't yeah, it yeah, going right. back through make it even more damaged? So couldn't they just randomly damage it? Oh, that's a really good point, actually. That's and why really only point. the top? Like, if you're going 
to get it crumpled, why not just finish destroying a bit on the outside? Because, like, it would be kind of weird. Yeah, they could have really had a field day with it. They could have, like, like took a flamethrower to the sides. And, like, really, that would like, actually be really Really cool. knocked it up and everything. But it is funny because when you look at it, it definitely looks like they... They yeah. smashed another crate into it. You know, like, I don't know if y'all know <laughs> yeah. this, but where the top is broken, it's not really like crumpled. It's like sheared. It yeah, is. yeah, yeah. It looks like it got hit by a giant shipping container, so, <laughs> which I think is probably what about happened. what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they um, not label it fragile? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just forgot to label it fragile. Normally, you don't this think is of a, a double decker bus as fragile, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at any rate. Um, that was all. That was all the uh, miscellaneous trivia for there. Uh, let's get into the cast. So we had uh, two people that I really wanted to talk about. Um, the 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 obvious one is Lady Christina De Souza, um, played by Michelle Ryan. So I she, thought that said Michael. I was like, her no, name Ma- is Michael <laughs> Ryan. Yeah, no, no, Michael we, Ryan. We don't have any women named Michael until uh, Star Trek Discovery. So um, she was. Uh, one of these companions that never was. Um, and we'll, we'll talk more about her, her character later on. But as far as the actress, Michelle Ryan, did you guys recognize her? No, no. not even kind this of. This is so funny. This is Why? so funny. Do you remember how we have accused at least two, maybe three actresses of being the woman from of Merlin? Of the same. Yeah, of being... Wait, the character Nimue in, in Merlin? Yeah. Which Guess one? who Michelle Ryan was. Oh, wait, uh. <laughs> wait, who? You mean to say out of the four, the yes. one that didn't look like her that much was yeah, her? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, the whole time I was watching this episode, I was I've, like, there's been like, I recognize her. I thought, she, honestly, I thought she was somebody from Downton Abbey. I was convinced of that. And I went and I looked and I was like, no, that wasn't her. So I stopped my search. And then as I was doing research for the notes here, I was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Which one? Okay, so you remember there was an episode of Merlin where there's the there's a witch, like she's in like a cave looking down on on a pool of water and oh, the reflection is yeah. Merlin and she's like casting spells on him and everything. Mm-hmm. That's Nimue. That's her. <laughs> and no. we have in the there's past like in there yeah, we have two other actresses. Four like two on Doctor Who and like four in total that I've been like <laughs> Hey, that's, that's gotta that, be that it. Generic that's gotta be female it. actor, yeah. isn't it? So guess wow. what? This was actually her, Michelle Ryan. Wow. So. The one that we didn't think looked anything like. <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't even cross my mind. I kept thinking she looked familiar, and yeah, that's why I thought. Kind of familiar. But yeah, I thought she was hmm. uh, a character from Downton Abbey, and then as soon as I looked it up, I was like, "Oh my gosh, no! She didn't look anything like her." Now, that <laughs> I'm, now that I'm looking at them side by side, um, except for like you said, just generic actress with yeah. straight black hair. Um, so at any rate, the other character <coughs> who I called my, my favorite uh, scientist character in recent memory, uh, Malcolm. Malcolm. Holy cow. Malcolm. Was he not the best? I love him. Um, we can we can talk a bit more about... I thought he was going to die in the end scene where he steps out. I'm like, why did you step out? Now you're going to die. When why he stepped out? Oh, yeah. Was... Yeah, when he oh, stepped he out of the like, bus. by one of the yeah, things like, or something? No, I stop. thought that was going to happen. <laughs> Malcolm, please don't. Yeah, no, he was he was too good of a character to die. To die. If he had died, I would have mm-hmm. rage quit right then. Um, I am done. 
with the show. <laughs> this is enough. Shazam last night, and you listed like three things <laughs> where if they happened, you would have quit. I was like, <sighs> we yeah. are done. I was watching seriously this. like, if this if this happens in this next scene, I'm, I'm rage quitting this movie. Uh, so Malcolm was played by Lee Evans. Now he was a uh, stand-up comedian and actor. Now um, he's one of these guys where like I thought I knew him. But it turns out I really didn't. He plays a random character in a movie called The Fifth Element uh, named Fog. And I was like, I don't know who that is. The character. Fifth Element is weird. If he's from a movie called Fifth Element, Fog isn't. Sounds like a. By the way, the the main character in The Fifth Element is uh, played by Bruce Willis. And his name is Corbin Dallas. Whom everyone assumes I named you after. I'm like, no, I named him Corbin Austin. The Austin he got from me, the Corbin I liked. It's not because of that movie, but um, it is. An <laughs> you can be wrong. It is an interesting parallel. Uh, but at any rate, uh, so Malcolm played in that movie, and then um, he played in a few other things, um, primarily uh, UK based. This, oddly enough, this episode that we just watched is his last film and TV credit listed on IMDb. Now. Oh, wow. I think, I, from what I gathered, he was more well-known. He's, he's a UK comedian, so that's why we don't know him. But apparently, um, it was a big deal to have him on Doctor Who. They were super excited. Holy cow, how did we get Lee Evans to come play uh, Malcolm? And Random he, scientist dude that exactly, only yeah. appears once. Uh-huh. But apparently, perfect guy for the role. You know? Yes. And so he was a stand-up comedian, so I guess... You know, that kind of stuff yeah. doesn't really get listed on IMDb. They're not mm-hmm. going to say, you know, every comedy club that you play it on IMDb. <laughs> so this was his last TV and film credit. And then at the top of his bio on IMDb, it says that he announced his retirement from stand-up in 2014. Immediate, it said, quote, his immediate retirement after the sudden death of his manager. So oh, apparently wow. his manager had a heart attack. And died very suddenly. Oh. And, and he just quit. Very shortly after that, mm. he announced on on a, during an interview, uh, I'm, I'm hanging it up. I'm done. I'm, I'm going to spend time with my family. That's so, sad. He's hilarious. It is, yeah. So, uh, But at any rate, he he was absolutely perfect for this role. So mm. those were our two, our two big notes for the cast there. Obviously, we probably could have done a deep dive on, on some of the other characters. There was, there was a guy... Uh, a guy on the bus who the guy that had the fake gold watch. Uh, <laughs> I if I if I've got this right, I think he appeared in an episode of Black Mirror later on. Um, <laughs> some of the other folks were you know in other things here and there, but these are the two big notable ones. So, guys, Noobs and the Whovian is brought to you by R Five Website Management, where you can get world class hosting, domain registration, and security at a great price. Make sure you guys know it. Use the code Noobs at checkout for fifteen percent off your entire order. So go to store dot r5 website management.com use the code noobs at checkout and build your awesome website today all right get down to the checklist the creature of the week so we we had a we had a couple of things here uh one of them i literally didn't get a name it's just the stingrays <laughs> yeah honestly. that's just what they are they're flying Sting- metal stingrays that rip holes in space time uh, yeah, <laughs> because they fly so dang fast. Uh, <laughs> Look that, at all them flying fast. That was a little. That was a little jibberty jabberty for me. That they just fly around There's the like planet three fast billion enough. Billion of them moving around. 
it creates a giant portal. Yeah, but like, and then the closer they get to it, the bigger the bigger it gets. gets. That didn't make any sense what? either. It, yeah, it it would have made more sense if like something about their metal structure combined with something about their physiology and maybe they were birthed out of the time vortex, you know, or something crazy like. Yeah. But they were like, oh, they fly really fast. Wormhole metal protects them. Yay. Well, no, that made sense because they had already yeah. established that because yeah. the bus protected them and not the bus driver. <laughs> <laughs> Fake skeleton <laughs> falling over. Yeah, I love when um, I love when the, the detective guy goes, um, we're a little out of our depth here. <laughs> He's like, peace out. You know, Bye, I'm gone. Call unit, code one or whatever. Uh, the other creature of the week, definitely not a baddie of the week, was the tritivores. The tritivores were the fly people. Basically, uh, Russell T. Davies described them as fly people. <laughs> and and that's just, what the creature... That's what they are. Yeah, the designers came up with them. Uh, he Ooh, basically said, make them like fly. giant flies. And that's what they did. And I, With no wings? You gotta say they nailed it. Oh, oh, that is funny. Flies that can't... Also, they both died. That's yes. sad. I wanted to see one of them... Like, I, I love at how least the one gets the, shit. the other guy's like, translator, please. You can't even understand what I'm saying, but speak, please, translator. No, he so pointed a gun right. at him. Wait, what? No, that was the translator. He pointed the tran. No, he pointed the gun at him. That was the translator. No, that was the gun. No, that, that was, was the, the gun that they pointed. Because the other guy was like, move, and pointed the gun <laughs> at him. I was going to go look it up now. That was the translator. I don't No, it was a gun. Swear. Okay. So, at any rate, that was actually, that there was a real world reason for that for for both of them dying because i thought the same thing trip i thought when the first one got eaten i thought oh no we had to establish that it's it's scary but that the other guy would make it and then all of a sudden unit would have to figure out what to do with a giant fly person and they're <laughs> like no right so rtd basically said can't do that uh that would be too difficult or something <laughs> what like he didn't want to deal with what's unit gonna do with a giant bug person so he just killed him off and I'm like, that's weak, no. man. Like, they should have totally... Listen, they should have brought him back to Earth and just like the doctor tried to hook up the two guys with jobs at unit, uh-huh. hook the bug guy up with a job at unit, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And then just, he gets his own spinoff show. Uh, <laughs> hey, no. just go live in the sewers. Okay. The sewers? <laughs> Did you not Would that be where part? he lives for the spinoff show? So your spinoff show is a sitcom. Is that what we're saying? A giant bug man living in the sewers, trying to it's like teenage mutant, trying Gerald. to make his way. Look, look, why, why? That's what the translator looks like. That's not a no, gun. No, that's a gun. The translator that's is the thing gun. on his chest. No, that they yeah, put the translator, the translator on the because they pointed that's the, the gun. Corbin screenshot that and put it somewhere. That is and the we'll, we'll because that's the same. We'll do a poll. That's the same gun that he pointed at him yeah. when they told him to move to the, the go thing to on the his chest with the purple button is the translator. Yeah, Corbin watched a different yes. episode than we did. <laughs> I so. get. Haven't we served that already? <laughs> she said, "What are they doing?" He pointed at their gun. Said, "That's a translator." No, he and pointed at the thing on the chest. No, the guy put the thing on his chest and hit the button. I don't believe you. And then started talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. okay, Corbin, right you're on. wrong. Moving Admit through the checklist, uh, there were no wells, no I'm sorry's. We did get an Alonzi, so that was fun. Wait, we did? Yeah, y'all didn't catch yeah. that. He's like, Alonzi, and she starts 
rattling. Oh yeah, she's like we weren't made for each other. That's yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, that brings our running Alonzi count up to twelve. Uh, we didn't get any what? Uh, nothing was impossible. Uh, nothing about the time war. Was there anything about the time war? No. Uh, no. No. Okay. Uh, Jibberty Jabberty. We had uh, we had a couple of good Jibberty Jabberty. Scorbin, you want to take the first one there? Uh, photo fine steel turns cold when it's hot. <laughs> I would love <laughs> what? You sound what? like a commercial. Turns cold when it's hot. <laughs> that was in nineteen ninety nine. Let's make an infomercial for photo fine steel. Turn to what? Turn to take two. <laughs> photo fine steel turns cold when it's hot. I said that reminded me of makes um, a good thermos. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Wait, and a good. Wait, would it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, it's hot outside. Now my drink is cold. <laughs> Okay, so it have to be a it would have to be uh, your your iced tea thermos in the summer, and then your soup thermos in the winter. Yes, right. Because ah. I assume that if it turns cold when it's hot, that means that it turns hot, hot when, it's when it's cold. I would imagine that would make sense. Maybe. Wait, couldn't you just Logical cook something in that? Because then you could put it in the freezer and it would boil. So you could cook it oh. inside of a freezer. All right, call cook, now. Cook my ramen in the freezer. Um, that was. I did think that was that was great though. So you got a boiling hot desert, which means the inside of the ship is cool. I was like, that's interesting. Ah, oh, that's nice. Uh, let's see. The crash knocked the mainline crystallography out of sync. But if I can jiggle it back, aka <laughs> kick it. Yeah, and he's the doctor, so of course he can jiggle it back. And uh, let's see. Oh, this was this was one of my favorite lines. Uh, the Christina said, how does a crystal power a bus? And the doctor says, in a super clever outer spacey way. <laughs> like, that was great. Except so, it doesn't. He's like, oh, we don't need this crystal. I risked my yeah. life for that. And he's like, no, you risked your life for this. Yeah. Were, were y'all surprised that she didn't pick that thing up? Yes, very. Pick what out? That the crystal. Like, he tossed it in the was, sand. That was like yeah. 16 carats. Like, whatever was, you use. Oh, yeah. like 600 carats. That was... Yeah. <laughs> Plus, why did you need the crystal? It was like four pounds. I mean, why would you even need that crystal? It looked like the sort of diamond you would put on a ring, where it's like shaped like the diamond thing, but it was an orange crystal. Like, imagine that. I thought that's what was going to end up being with the gold thing. Sell it to unit saying, and she was going to have it in her bag. She was going to pick it up, Uh, and that's going to be. That would have ended up what would have been powered. Good. That would have been good if he had like tossed it in the sand, but then. When he had to get the goblet from her, he he like dropped the big giant crystal into her bag. That would have been. Is that what you were saying? No, I was saying oh. that the crystal is what powered it. Uh-huh. So she picked up the crystal to steal it and bring it home or whatever. But then oh, that's oh, what ended up I, actually powering it. I see what you're saying. Yeah. No, I I, I was dumbfounded that Christina didn't sell make a single move sell it to, to pick that unit. Ooh. The giant orange crystal from outer space. That's right. Ah. It uh, it makes things fly. Uh, let's see. We did have a little bit of fun jiggery pokery. The psychic paper. Uh, we have we've had RFID technology with the psychic paper before, right? Yeah, he opened he, a fingerprint scanner. Right yeah, yeah, yeah. So this time, not only did he use it at RFID to like open a door, he used it to pay for his bus fare. I thought that yeah. was that was awesome. That, that was, was so great. Amazing. Also, the wait, no, never mind. That's not yet. Never mind. Never mind. Okay. Never mind. Never uh, mind. We had the Sonic. Uh, the Sonic can apparently tint. Uh, the doctor's glasses and make them into sunglasses. And also, he can use it to get um, the handcuffs off. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. From a distance. Way far away. Yeah. Is that why he pulled the thing out? Yeah. (laughs) I gotta extend the signal. (laughs) 
Hang on, let me. I think that was just for a few clicks. Ching, ching, ching. <laughs> it's like as long as his arm. <laughs> That's this will work for a mile away. Shink. <laughs> yeah, I did like. I did like that he pulled it out. Did like the one eye squint down his arm. You know, unlocked her things, and then like was a little bit dramatic about like shink closing it up and then sticking it in his pocket. Made, made sure she was looking when he when he went uh-huh. shink and, and folded it up or, or retracted. <laughs> and it then or she just. <laughs> Just goes out the, the other door. That was the greatest <laughs> escape from police ever. On you. <laughs> so great. She just slid across the back seat. I know. He's like, he didn't even get, get in. in. There. Okay, Yoink. I'll open this. <laughs> by the Yoink. way, I pulled a sneaky on The back door and police cars are locked. Uh-huh. What'd you say? Uh-huh. I pulled a sneaky on you? <laughs> <laughs> you were looking. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> on the I think it was kind of funny how he just ran past all the other cops. No one can stop me. Oh, yeah, me. that was the other thing. And, like, she gets... Oh, There's by like the way. all of Unit, and she just stole, like, a super valuable goblet or whatever. And she well, just Unit did away. not care about... Well, the doctor is the, the one that destroyed it. Huh? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, nobody knows about that yet. And actually, really, you know what, the you know what goblet that means? That means she took off with the goblet. No, but the goblet... it was still on the bus. It wasn't on the bus. Eh? It was gold, though. The goblet wasn't actually... It was on the bus. Yeah, it was When on the he bus. was steering he it, it the goblet wasn't on the actual thing. I saw that. Yeah, they didn't yeah, really right. explain what he did with it. He just beat like, it, hammered it, it, and then... For plot reasons. That's you, right. right, right. He needed something to connect it. So that thing I thought was he in was there gonna, somewhere. I thought he was going to go back in time, steal the goblet from back in time, like from the original time or whatever. And then give it to her. Oh, and give it back to her? And, oh, that would have been funny. And then it didn't happen. <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> Just, you were so disappointed. I know. Your theory didn't pan out. Oh, it's like, oh, that, that's what they should have done. Oh, that's oh. funny. Um, okay, work. so then we had some random jiggery-pokery. We, we, had the, uh, we had the reappearance of a random looking-for-stuff <laughs> finder gadget. Um, this was essentially... The timey-wimey detector, but for rotengen particles, by the way. Did you notice yeah. that's what he was looking for, was rotengen particles? We've um, talked about those before. Apparently, he made blocks out of yes. them. What yeah, are time they? Yeah, Time play with them as babies. Oh, yeah, yeah. I play with radiation as a child. That's right. Uh-huh. That's off. Yeah, that's how awesome I am. So, <laughs> um, Any existential horror this week, Corbin? Not really. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say no. no but not disintegrating as you go there. <laughs> oh, that? That's not existential. That's body horror. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just love when the fake, obviously fake skeleton just collapses. Cool. By, well, the way, by the way, by the way, we just watched, um, well, all of the Indiana Jones movies over the course of yeah. the last couple mm-hmm. of weeks, uh, which means we got Extreme to... Extreme body horror. Uh, what? All the time. Extreme body horror. Those movies. Oh, like, oh, like the faces melting. Yeah, like things like that. <laughs> faces melting in sand. A dude's a dude heart exploding into fire. Oh, a yeah. dude. Yeah, a dude literally, literally came only because it was made in two thousand and eight. That's the only reason why. <laughs> a dude literally growing so old, like holding. That he disintegrated in front yeah. of him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then a blast of air knocked him over. There was at the least one, one scene in each movie where Brayden had to look away because at least. So the reason I bring it up is to say. That, uh, you know, the, the final movie uh, centers on the titular Crystal Skull. And uh, that is a, it is a, uh, I'm sure a nitpicky thing, but it is a pet peeve of mine 
that in movies, the jawbone of a skull is like glued to uh-huh. the it rest of the skull. will not move. Yeah. It's supposed to By be like way, hanging open. It's not supposed to be hanging mm-hmm. at all. The only thing holding your 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 mandible is onto your muscle. head is muscle. So Once that goes away. Yeah. That's why um you know if you if you see a skull and pick it up, it will just be the skull and the top mm-hmm. teeth, the, the the maxillary. It won't be the the jaw. It isn't connected by bone. Mm-hmm. It drives me nuts whenever they do that. <laughs> and this was even worse than that, because this was not only when the whole skeleton fell over, the jaw was still attached. This was like all of the bones were still connected. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No. So like when he fell to the ground, he fell like a person falling to the ground. F- yeah. Collapse into, into a, a pile, pile of bones. Of bones. Yeah. Yes. So, um, so I will, if not out loud, I will mentally point that out every time I see that. <laughs> so the whole time they were carrying around that crystal skull and the jaw was still attached, I was just like, well, that's or, a it's a crystal skull. It's and it was an alien. So maybe... Spoiler alert for a 10-year-old movie. (laughs) Also, they broke into Area 51 in that movie, and now people want to do... Ooh, timely. (laughs) Yes. I didn't think about that. that We watched it, I'm like, oh, they already broke into Area 51, and there is aliens there, so we don't have to worry about breaking Listen, I want want those 2 million people to break into Area 51 not to find the aliens. I want them to find the Ark of the Covenant and that fridge. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. All right. So who's who, guys? Uh, we'll talk about uh, the doctor and then Christina. And it's not on the notes, but if you guys want to talk about Malcolm, we can do that. Um, so who is the doctor? So here's the thing, right? Last episode, this episode, next episode, we're all no companion, no. right? He's yeah. he's flying solo. Just yeah. So last episode, you had the doctor being the doctor's Here's companion, <laughs> and then. It reversing. He, he's and, not going to have a companion. Right. But he's going to have a companion. He's going to have a, Well, you had, remember the, the David Tennant doctor, the actual doctor, kind of played the role of, of the companion mm-hmm. to the fake doctor. Yeah. And then halfway through the episode, it flipped. So the fake doctor was <laughs> now his new companion um, for that episode. And then Rosita was just sort of there. Trip's favorite uh, character so far. Rosita. Uh, I hate oh, no, no, that no, you. That, that's who it was. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was Trip. That's so dumb. <laughs> um, this episode, Boy. you have kind of, again, one of those, uh, like like Astrid. Do y'all remember Astrid? Yeah. From no. uh, Voyage of the Damned? She died, the, right? On the Titanic? They always oh, die, wait. don't they? Yeah, what? she was the one who sacrificed herself. <laughs> Trip. Uh, if the, I remember The if Titanic I'm in space. Remember? Yeah, He's yeah. so needlessly sacrificed yes, herself. she absolutely needlessly sacrificed herself. Um, a rolling barrel would have... Yeah, oh, a ro- yeah, a yeah. rolling barrel would have served the same purpose as her driving that forklift. <laughs> but of to, course, if it was a rolling death. barrel, she would be inside me. <laughs> <laughs> there is no changing the fact that she was going she to She would have been inside it to roll it. <laughs> I have to do this. You don't understand. I demand, I demand that one of the two of you grow up to become a television writer, <laughs> producer, director, something. And I want to see that episode. I want to see the character's heroic, needlessly heroic death by I'm going to roll this barrel. And by that, I mean, I will be inside of it rolling. Oh my gosh. So like Astrid Peth, like uh, some of the others uh, that have come before, uh, this was the the one-off companion, the companion that never was, right? Um, Astrid died. Uh, ah. Christina just gets the 
you know, the... Sorry, man, but I can't do that. Correct. So <laughs> what we've been saying, though, is that because the Doctor is flying solo, we're learning a lot about the Doctor. Mm -hmm. Yes. And unfortunately, we're kind of learning a lot about the Tenth Doctor right before he dies. Uh, uh, so, spoiler alert, if you didn't know that was coming in the next couple of episodes. <laughs> Wait. We're sorry. So another are aware, mentioning Eleven a lot lately, because he's about to be here. He's about to be here. He's mm -hmm. coming. Uh, he's so... The, the doctor says that he, oh, I thought this was great. He rarely visits Easters because they're so hard to find because they're always moving. So I thought that was great. It's He's a, not wrong. It is one of those uh, holidays that, that moves around the solar calendar because mm -hmm. it's a lunar date. And uh, so, if, and, and what's funny about that is uh, if, if, you know, the doctor, uh, the doctor who historically has aired on Saturdays. So mm -hmm. even if it was on the air during Easter season, it would be on a Saturday. So I don't, I don't know this for sure. I don't, I, I feel like I read somewhere in the notes that this is the first time that an episode ever aired on Easter. And so, <clears throat> um, but then you have, then you have the tie in where just like in Christmas specials, it tends to be Christmas, mm -hmm. right? That's why it was an Easter thing instead of a spring special. Right. That's, that's probably the only reason. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, it is it is kind of funny, though, because he sa he sits down and says, Happy Easter, and he's eating some Easter candy, and then it is never brought up again. Yeah. It's <laughs> like nowhere in the episode does... Normally, know, the, the detective Christmas episodes, it's an important detail. Yeah. It's like festive. There's yeah. snow. You might see a tree. There's like, Christmas hey, Carol's being candy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you would have thought like Damn. the detective inspector would have said, I could be home with my kids right now or something, you know, like there's not, not no, no, anything to reference nothing. anything, yeah. but the only mention of it yeah. is right then when he, when he's doing his little bit about Easter's and then he says, actually I was at the original Easter and what really happened was, and then they get cut off. So that was, yeah. that was funny. <laughs> uh, let's see. He was tracking a hole in the fabric of reality. Call huh? it a hobby. <laughs> Sounds exactly like the kind of thing <laughs> the doctor does for fun. Mm -hmm. um, by the way, along the, Going back to uh, his uh, his thing that goes ding when there's stuff, um, I love that he was fussing with that gadget the same way that he did with the timey wimey detector, mm -hmm. where he's like he's like flicking the little satellite. The satellite dish is supposed to be turning, and it's not. And he's like flicking it. He's like it's supposed to be rotating. Flick, 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 flick. And you know he's kind of banging on it and stuff. And it just looks like the most cobbled together piece of junk. You know, I love that. Did you make this out of scrap parts you found in the dumpster? Right. No. And the, the timey wimey detector makes sense, right? Because he was stranded in the '60s. Yeah. And didn't have his TARDIS. So he just cobbled it together from whatever he could find. Yeah, he he did. He raided, you know, a hardware mm -hmm. store. But but this time he landed in front of Buckingham Palace. Right. <laughs> well, not only that, I mean, he was there for this. He got out of his TARDIS looking for this. Um, and, and by the way, I love that he's looking for a hole in the fabric of reality. Doesn't bring that up again. I see. Uh -uh. Like, we don't, you know, like, we Aside don't have any lead-in. from the lead fact in. that they're trying to get through a wormhole, it's just... I'm looking right. for a wormhole. Oh, and you I know found what? it. He oh, said, no. a, he said a, a hole in the fabric of reality. Was that the, what the wormhole was supposed to be? I guess. Was a hole yes. in the fabric of reality? Yes. And so like one, yes. why was he looking for it? And two, <laughs> it's a hobby. Uh, you know, like, is, okay, so that's it. He just, that's oh, it. I love that he says at the end that he's going to nudge that hole towards uninhabited planets. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? <laughs> so he's just going to like, well, don't worry. We'll make sure that this wormhole doesn't ever show up here on Earth. Like, it's like when we'll he just wrap that up casually dragged those people out of the pool of a black hole. He's just like, yeah, yeah. you know, whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, he has the little throwaway line. Oh, humans on trains always blaming me. 
Or humans on buses. He said humans on buses, not train. I wrote it down wrong. Uh, humans on buses always blaming me. Call back to uh, midnight. Remember mm-hmm. when everybody turned on him? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So oh, that was sad. That was the gag there. What? That's sad. What's that? Shadow. That episode. That was. That, that, that reference. Mm-hmm. Why'd they reference that episode? Yeah. And actually, I think, if I remember correctly, on that episode, we mentioned this uh, callback. Oh, did we? Yeah, because I, I remember reading it. But maybe I didn't mention it on the podcast. I know I came across it in my in my, uh, in my studies and such. Um, I love that uh, Lady Christina, uh, he, you know, and she says, it's actually Lady Christina D'Souza. And he says, oh, that's good. I'm a lord. And she goes, of where? And he goes, it's a really big estate. <laughs> and then eventually he mentions he's a time lord. Yes, he's the lord of time. <laughs> yes. What? The one and only. <laughs> Oh, uh, now, now the one and only. Uh, oh, sad night. <laughs> Ouch. Okay. Uh, there's a bit where he says he speaks every language. So not only does the TARDIS translate languages, but apparently he just speaks all the languages. Yeah, I mean, Which, I mean, by the way... Speak Jabba. Huh? <laughs> Hutties? Not Jabba. <laughs> what? I don't know. Jabba. By the way, uh, uh, congratulations to David Tennant for nailing that... Tritivore mm-hmm. language with all the clicks and the and all that, all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know how he managed to do that. Yeah. I got a couple of, couple of really weird noises there. Uh, let's see. Oh, he says, he says he's got an honest face, which I thought was funny because I was like, oh, too bad you're about to lose it. Oh, oh dad. Only you think about that. <laughs> Um, You're the only one. Oh, I love. Oh, this was this was a great line, and I swear, I swear we've we've either heard something like this before, or we're going to later. So y'all tell me which. He says, "The worse it gets, the more I love it." Have we heard something like no. that before? I don't think so. Okay, all right. I feel like at some point someone said that to him, so mm. maybe that's uh, me remembering the future again. But uh, I love it. Oh, the worse it gets, the more I love it. And she goes. Me too. You know, like they are so perfect. I am so mad. Uh I I was very, I was very upset my first time through when Mm -hmm. she did not stick around. Um, She should have at least become a companion for the remainder of Tenant's time. That would be. That at least. And then she could die by sacrificing herself in a barrel. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been amazing. By the way, I I desperately want this character to come back. Mm-hmm. Lady Christina is amazing, mm-hmm. and and I love like sort of her. She's kind of you know the thief with the heart of gold character, you know, where like mm-hmm. at the end Literal she's like the old yeah stealing gold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I said heart of gold, not for gold. Uh, but I love that at the end they kind of redeem her character. Like the only reason I steal is for the adventure. So if you just take me on That's some, much. and it was kind of like if you just take me on some adventures, Doctor, I won't steal anymore. Right? Uh-huh. Except you will because these adventures are good, and you want more adventures. And no, I, have I, to I leave think, you. I think she genuinely would. I think I think she would have straightened out, and which is why I, this is one of those characters that that rides off into the sunset in Doctor Who that I want to see come back. She's like Jenny. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I want. There's not. Yeah. And by the way, Jenny just send characters off into space and not have right. any follow up on what happened to them. No. Well, obviously, Lady Christina is not the last character that we're going to have this happen to. Mm. I don't remember if I mentioned it during that episode, but um, Jenny actually got her in her own entire audio series. So, you know, there's wow. like the audio adventures for Doctor Who. There is an entire series that is Jenny. I'm listening. Wow. And um, if I remember correctly... Okay. 
there is an episode where, where, all right. So y'all remember who that actress is, right? Mm. Who was oh, she? Oh, no, no, no. Doctor's wife. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But before that. Doctor's wife, daughter. Right. So she was the fifth doctor's daughter. She was. Um, Times two. What? Wife. Yeah. What? Fifth, fifth is half of ten. Oh, I, don't know why <laughs> I married my she's, daughter. She's the fifth up. doctor's daughter. Uh, yeah, daughter in real life. <laughs> and um, they did an episode, uh, an audio adventure where they met. She actually caught up with the fifth doctor. So I would love to go. Uh, we need to check those wow. out sometime. We need to check out some of the. The only reason that I've never touched any of the audio, there's two reasons. One, um, there's just so much of it. Like, I don't even know where to start. There's more of it than actual Doctor Who episodes. <laughs> Probably. Um, they are, they are releasing surprised. new stuff all the time from classic Doctors, from old Doctors, really? and they're still releasing. Oh, yeah. They're probably dead at this point. Uh, well, a lot of them are still around. By the way, the eighth Doctor, who, you know, only got the movie, and uh-huh. then, like, ha- half of a mini episode coming up in the future, um, Sad he Doctor. has all kinds of audio adventures. So they apparently really fleshed out his character in the audio. But well, at I any mean, rate, if he didn't really get much, so. Right, exactly, yeah. So um, the worse it gets, the more he loves it. And then he mentions that he stole the TARDIS. Corbin, did you say this was the first time we've heard that? Yes, I'm pretty sure. No. Where when? else did we hear it, Trip? Because I couldn't. When? I tried to search it, and I couldn't find. I couldn't find anything that said, here's where else he mentioned it. I'm pretty sure he told it to Martha. I think so. Did he? I He's only he ever said it in Classic Who so far. Maybe Jared will know. I don't know. Talk I'm pretty sure he hasn't mentioned it before. Okay, so this is the first time in New Who. Because, Corbin, you mentioned that during the show. Yeah. You were like, hey, that's the first time we've heard that in New Who. So um, I couldn't remember. Um, I thought that we had heard it before, but maybe Dad not. remembers I, the future a lot, so. I do. I do. You well, live then in, I, I live in four f- dimensions. You live in Wonderland. You see both ways. How does that line go? I don't remember. Things see in the future and the past or something like that and through the looking glass. Cool story, son. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for citing sources. I worked very hard on that. <laughs> I appreciate it. A lot of preparation. All right, so who is Christina? Uh, she was a natural leader. She took charge before the doctor could. Did y'all love that? Did <laughs> that y'all love so that? I'm like, oh, the doctor's about to be bossed around all episodes. Yes, and then he wasn't, which... Yeah. yeah. We got an elect leader, so that means we... Yes, he's like, oh, right, yes, finally. And she's like, all right, everyone, on the bus. I'm in charge. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. You got beat. But I, how great was it, though, that he totally fell in line? Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, all right, you're cool. okay. You're in charge. Yeah. And she's like, everyone on the bus. And he's like, yes, ma'am. And then, you know, mm-hmm. later on she says, okay, you know, doctor, take it away. And he's like, I thought you were in charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I from like that you moment, by the way, she was no longer yeah, he was in any way, shape, or form in charge. Completely in charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as he started explaining, the, the what only was going other on. slightly important person was the psychic. She was. Yes. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. That was that was hugely uh, hugely important and leads into uh, that that line he knocks four times. That's going to be hugely important um, coming up. I don't know if y'all caught the What's importance with prophecies and so. doctor. <laughs> yeah, well, that, we've talked about it before. You know, the psychic element is is you know pretty prevalent in Doctor Who. You've got technology that works hey hey the translator was a psychic translator you know the the sonic is psychic we have psychic paper you know those those elements are taken seriously 
It's not a sonic screwdriver. It's a psychic screwdriver. <laughs> a psychic screwdriver. It, it more is than a sonic screwdriver, mm-hmm. if you're being honest. Hey, it honest. makes a sound. That's sonic. <laughs> clunk, clunk. That's what just me whistling. What about gun, though, that makes a square in the floor? <laughs> the wall is it? Whatever yeah, the plot That one doesn't for. make sense. That's right. Uh, let's see, Christina. Okay, so there was a line where the doctor said, uh, you, Christina said, you're an alien. And he said, yeah. And she said, you look human. And then he says, you look time We, look time we got I this before, didn't we? We got this with was Rose. Martha? No. No, it was Rose. Martha. Martha. Rose. Martha. Rose is more important. <laughs> <laughs> Rose, we got the line. Rose, we got the line where she said, um, it was an in-universe joke with a, with a real world connection where she said to uh, the ninth doctor, why do you sound like you're from the North? And the, and the gag there was, I mean, like in universe, it's like, why do you have a British accent if you're Mm -hmm. from another planet? But the real world thing was there were people that were worried about Eccleston because he was from the North. And I don't know what that means in the UK life and politics. Yeah. So he said, uh, there, a lot of places have a North. You know, and so just kind of hand waved it away. I don't think that Nine ever mentioned that to Rose. I think, Corbin, I think you're right, is that it was with Martha. He said, uh, she said, you look human. And he said, you look Time Lord. So, yeah, maybe it was. I think it was Martha. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, see, Rose is not important. And we're, we're going to see we're gonna see that again. We're going to see that again. Uh, that, that bit's going to come up with Eleven. Um, but there were rumors. Uh, Russell T. Davies, in leading up to this episode, had... I don't know, in an interview or something, he had mentioned that Lady Christina was going to have a huge impact on the doctor. And so there was speculation that it was going to turn out she was a time lord or a time lady, as it is. No. Yeah, but that was was speculation leading up to the episode. So then when he said, you look time lord, apparently there were people who went, see, I told you. You know, mm-hmm. kind of freaked out, and then it was like, "Oh no, okay." Oh no, no she's not, not important no, at all. Not oh. actually. She's just <laughs> gonna fly away on her little bus. And- <laughs> <laughs> she's not important at all. As it turns out, you did nothing. You stink. <laughs> you flew a bus that I made fly. Yeah. Uh, let's see other stuff we noticed. Um, okay, so this was interesting. I I picked up on this and, and made a note about it when they first got off the bus. One of the passengers said, look, there's three stars or three suns. Mm-hmm. And then one of the guys mentioned something about the guy with the gold watch mentioned something about uh, it, it's like that time that, you know, the earth got moved when the sky changed or whatever. So he's, he's referencing when uh, the earth was was moved by the Daleks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just was like, hey, there's a neat callback. Oh, that's But as I went important. looking, um, as I was looking through the notes and such, there was apparently a bunch of controversy about when all of these things took place. Because apparently there was either like a comic or a novelization or an audio version or something of some set of these stories that put the last Christmas episode. Um, First? No, not the last Christmas episode. The episode where the Daleks moved Earth. It put that episode in 2009 or something. And so therefore, if this episode was April of 2009, it would have taken place before that. And so it's like, they, they oh, it's messed up. Wobbly. <laughs> well, and what's funny is I started kind of like going down this rabbit hole of like, what does all this mean? And then like the TARDIS Wikia 
basically the end of the, the paragraph was, but a lot of people said, Hey, if the audio adventures conflict with the TV story, we just ignore the audio adventure. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, meh, hand wave. They're that not way. canon mm-hmm. anyways. Right. Right. And that, by the way, that's they are another- like completely screwing themselves by having a TV show that's been running for several years. Hundreds several of decades. audio. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What did well, I say? Several years. I said several decades. And all the comic books as well, which just right. adds yeah. on to that. Can we talk about canon? So so that's another reason, by the way, that I've never gotten into the audio. Uh, because uh, it just interferes the, the audio dramas and the comics and all this kind of stuff. There's a couple things. One, I kind of, and we, I don't know how much we've talked about canon on this show. It's a really big topic in Star Trek, obviously. Mm. But um, in here, I don't know how much we've talked about it on the podcast. But to me, the show is canon and all the other stuff is fun. But Mm -hmm. it just gets too sticky, right? Star Wars suffered from this too, right? That's why Disney just nuked everything. Disney said everything that has been written prior to now is not canon. Of course. It is all subject to change. There was a lot. Outside of the movies. There was a lot that was very well, like, nailed down as to what the canon was in Star Wars. Yes. But it mainly just, there was a lot of stuff that happened after the sixth episode that conflicted with what uh, Disney wanted to do, so they just nuked it all. Right. And And so, to me, that's part of why I don't want to get too into the comics and the audio stuff, because my head always tries to... Uh, connect the dots exactly and and put it in its place within canon and then we have things like episodes in the past where we've said uh, you know the 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 tardis dot wakia breaks its own brain trying to say interestingly uh a previous incarnation of the doctor had a very similar adventure to this one because this episode with the 10th Doctor was based on a novelization that was written about the 6th Doctor. And so now they're trying to make it out like both of them actually happened when really it's just Mm -hmm. in the real world, a novel got hijacked to become a TV episode. And to me, the TV episode is takes precedent. That's Mm -hmm. canon. You know what I love is going on to the TARDIS pages and for like each episode and going down and there's a discontinuity yes. errors place and i just love reading through all the things that people mm-hmm. find yes and then other people's explanations they'll be like it. yeah 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 because people have to get like super super uh creative sometimes there's there's a great uh i think it was maybe the simpsons <gasps> episode and they Simpson were Simpsons has no continuity why <laughs> no 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 no. <laughs> no it was an episode of the simpsons i think where they were at something like Comic-Con. And uh, there was an old show, I don't know if y'all have ever heard of it, Xena, Warrior Princess. Uh, It was a a sword and sorcery fantasy type of show. And um, Xena, Warrior Princess, she's the main character or whatever. And it ran for a number of years, has a rabid fan base. It shows up a lot at Comic-Con and things like that. And so you had had the actress who plays Xena up on the stage and she's answering questions. And a guy comes up and he says, um, you know, in episode 14, uh, you said that blah, blah, blah happened. But then in, you know, season two, episode 11, you said blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like, how do you uh, reconcile these two? And he's talking to the actress that plays the character, not the <laughs> yeah. producers, not the writers, yeah. the actress. And she goes, a wizard did it. And, then, you know, and the next guy, the next guy comes up and he goes, um, in episode, she goes, a wizard did it. And, 
<laughs> just kind of like, and she goes, um, so anything like that where you're wondering how a wizard did it? And like, there's like everybody in the audience is holding up their hands and everybody's hand goes down when she says a wizard did it, you know? And um, uh, so it's just, yeah, sometimes you have to go, like Corbin said earlier, eh, wibbly wobbly, you know, whatever. It is. Um, apparently, Harry Potter movies suffered with this because the new one has McGonagall like 20 in it but it's like 20 years before she should be born anyways. And right. it's like, how do you fix that? Magic. Right. Well, yeah. It's, it's magic. She, oh, she had a time turner. I, I guarantee you. No, I don't think one. J.K. Rowling addressed it at all. She just, she just whatever. She'll figure it out. She has gone off the rails. They'll figure it out. That's okay. Uh, so, Corbin, we need to, <laughs> we need to make a, make a timestamp note. Back up about five minutes and insert this. Can we talk about canon? <laughs> now, what I want you to do, what I want you to do is I want you to copy that and paste it a few minutes ago at the beginning of this conversation, but then leave the bit in that I just did. Okay. <laughs> I, don't want you, I don't want you to cut any of this. I want you to leave this in okay. and yes. just copy that and paste it Let in there. Put okay? a timestamp. Can we talk about canon? Okay. <laughs> Just, that was a good clean one for you there. All right, so Patreon, guys. Noobs in the Whovian is uh, not only brought to you by R5 Website Management, which is us, it's also brought to you by you, listeners like you. If you find value in what we do and want to give a little volu- uh, a little volume back, <laughs> you want to turn up the volume, pump up the volume, dance. Click, click, dance. Click, if you want to give a little bit of value back, that's what we ask. That's the Patreon model, by the way. Uh, we're doing what we do for free, actually at cost to us. Uh, we pay for hosting. We pay for things like microphones. Corbin just broke another uh, headset, so we got to get another headset. That was my personal headset, so... Uh, well, okay. But wow. at any rate, um, we've, we've got associated costs and things, and uh, we do it because we love it, but we sure would love to... Uh, to sort of even that out a little bit and those kinds of things. And as we've said before, uh, we, we have ideas for other shows that we would love to do uh, if, uh, if we had the time to do that. And so that would mean me taking time from my, uh, from my job and things like that and kids taking time from school uh, when they're in school. And by the way, we did sit down uh, recently and hashed out in more detail than we have in the past about an actual show idea. And so we've got, uh, we got something in the mix that Maybe we would love to do. Maybe a podcast. Uh, and yeah. only patrons get it. Uh, well, that'd be interesting. <laughs> that'd be interesting. An entire show that you only get if you're a Patreon subscriber. <laughs> At any rate, guys, um, head on over to patreon.com slash noobs and the Whovian and you can become a supporting, a su- supporting patron. Good grief. Good. This time the word supporting got me. You can become a supporting patron of family friendly independent media today. <laughs> I'm just going to embrace it. I'm just going to embrace it. Yes. All right, guys, we have our classic Who connection. And so uh, Jared has uh, a little bit of uh, some some deep cuts uh, on this one, some uh, throwaway stuff that I didn't even – I didn't even know was a classic Who reference, uh, one of the things Malcolm said. So we're going to get into that and take a listen. Hello, noobs and the Whovian. It's Jared bringing you your Classic Who Connections for the David Tennant Easter special, The Planet of the Dead. Jumping right into it, we have the Doctor once again modifying a regular cell phone and making it a super phone. And way back in the serial The Three Doctors, we see the second Doctor modify Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart's radio. So it would have a much better range. Okay, that's not quite the same. It wasn't really necessarily interstellar, but it was similar, and it was kind of the first time I'd made that connection, so I thought I'd bring it up. D. McMillan, he was the detective who wanted to catch D'Souza so badly, 
He is John Pertwee's godson. That's the third doctor you might remember. This is not the first time we've seen a flying bus. There was also a flying bus in the seventh Doctor's serial, Delta and the Bannermen. And it was kind of interesting to me that the Doctor compared D'Souza's theft of the cup to his own theft of the TARDIS from Gallifrey. Uh, we've kind of talked about that before. This actually happens prior. We don't see it. It happens just prior to or sometime prior to An Unearthly Child, the very first serial. Interesting that they that he'd make that comparison there. All right, there's the little stuff out of the way. Let's get on to the good stuff. One of these is harder to explain, so I'll go with the easier one. Having found out, you'll remember, that having found out that Malcolm has read all of Unit's files on the Doctor, the Doctor then asks him what was his favorite adventure, and then he mentions, oh, maybe it was the giant robot. He's referring to the K-1 robot, and that was from the serial called, creatively, Robot. So this is the first serial of the 12th season, and it's also Tom Baker, the fourth Doctor's first serial. And I got to tell you, if you head over to BritBox and check this one out, uh, it's a decent story. I, I actually enjoyed it, but the, the special effects are just laughable. There's one point where they're trying to bring in tanks to uh, fight this giant robot. And actually, the giant robot was pretty impressive because they... They did build like a big metal suit for someone to wear or something like that. But the they've got, uh, for the tanks coming in, it's clearly a model in the forefront. You've just got this little model tank, maybe radio controlled, going across the foreground with the robot in the background to make it look like the proper scale of uh, a tank moving through. They probably just didn't have the budget to get a tank. I mean, maybe in those days... Who could get a tank for filming? Uh, maybe it just wasn't something you could do. But uh, it's it's worth a look. Again, good story and uh, worth a look just to have a bit of a laugh at the older special effects. All right, so here's here's the a little more complex one. We're going to talk about Bernard Quatermass. And so in the in the 1950s, uh, there were these uh, you might call them Quatermass science fiction serials. Okay, Quatermass Bernard Quatermass was one of the lead characters, and he worked with the British Rocket Group. These serials are important because they were a uh, inspiration for Doctor Who. Uh, they were written by uh, Nigel Neal. I'm assuming you pronounce his last name K N E A L E. I would assume that's Neil. So Nigel Neal wrote the Bernard Quatermass stories or British Rocket Group stories. And so the, and, and Doctor Who was kind of formed and based on these by by the other um, by those early writers. And they were an inspiration to the early writers of Doctor Who. They were an inspiration to a, a lot of other sci fi in that era, but uh, definitely to Doctor Who. And you find these Easter eggs hinting at a connection to the Quatermass serials. There's nothing all that definitive, especially if you're only looking at the TV series. There's nothing all that definitive. I'll give you some examples here. So in this in this episode, they're calling it a Bernard. You know, it's they're not really going back into exactly what that's all about. It's just assumed that we know. You also have the story, The Christmas Invasion, and the British rocket group launched the Genevieve One satellite in that episode. So, okay, again, you've got uh, you've got a reference, but it's it's not super obvious. And there's if you go back to the uh, 
novels and the audio stories. There's lots of other references to Bernard and Quatermass and the British Rocket Group. But as far as Classic Who TV, we've got uh, just a couple of mentions, a couple of Easter eggs in the serials. So there's a man named Jensen, and he remarks that the British Rocket Group is having problems. That's in the Seventh Doctor's serial, Remembrance of the Daleks. And there's also in that serial a man named Bernard, but his last name is never given. So, again, it's these subtle references. So it's presumed that this Bernard is Quatermass. And in the serial Ambassadors of Death, uh, the British Space Center, which is the new name for the British Rocket Group, runs the Mars Probe in that serial. So we've got this inspiration to Doctor Who, and we've got these fun little Easter eggs planted along the way. But what makes it really interesting is that Nigel Neal, again, the the writer and creator for Quatermass serials, he didn't like Doctor Who. He was not a Doctor Who fan. He was offered to write for Doctor Who, and he flat out turned it down. So just interesting that this he, he inspired Doctor Who, but did not care for it. So I, I liked this episode. It was a it was a fun episode, but I'd say overall it was it was about average. Nothing brought it to a, a higher level that I'm, I'd be excited to go watch this one over and over again. So I'd give it a solid seven out of ten uh, double decker buses. And as far as a creep level goes, the ideas of what's going on there is pretty creepy. Everything being turned to sand because it's eaten and uh, and the tritivores, giant fly people. Maybe that's just because watching the fly growing up really creeped me out. But I thought they were kind of creepy as as characters. I mean, pretty harmless in the end, but creepy at the start. So, I mean, but but nothing nothing over the top and, and nothing really uh, raising the hair on the back of my head, so so to speak. So I'd give it a, a about 150, 175 uh, creep levels. All right. That's all I've got for you today. It's a short one. So thanks to the TARDIS Wikia for helping me with the information, as well as BritBox. And thank you to the noobs and the Whovian for having me on. And I look forward to bringing you more Classic Who Connections next time. Um, I did want to point out you, uh, that Jared mentioned the, uh, the, the he, he kind of made it sound like there was a throwaway mention of the Bernard. He kept saying Bernard. Uh, in the episode, they said Bernard. Uh, remember, <laughs> he said, you know, 15 cycles in four dimensional space or whatever is one Why Malcolm. Malcolm. And then he said, a hundred Malcolms is a Bernard. And the doctor says, who's that? Your father. And he says, no, that's Quatermass. Oh. That the Bernard Bernard Quatermass is the character that Jared was just telling us about. So he, he specifically says that it's, no, 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 it's, it's Quatermass. So how Malcolm named a measurement after himself. (laughs) You named a measurement after yourself? Yeah. Did you know, what was his reply though? He said it didn't do Watt any harm. Right? Yeah. There's a scientist huh. named Watt who named uh, a unit of Watt. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was great. So, uh, there was Bernard. Oh, he said something else there that I wanted to mention. And I can't think of what it was now. Too bad. Yep, that's, that's gone. Annoying. Oh, he said, <laughs> I think twice he said D. McMillan. <laughs> it's, it's actually D. I. McMillan. It's Detective Inspector McMillan. <laughs> that's who that character is. Detective I was, Inspector. I thought his first name was. 
D. D. No, no, no. It's, <laughs> it's D-I, capital D, capital I, Detective Inspector. So. Not even D-I, just the letter D. Yeah. McMillan. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so he gave it uh, 7 out of 10 smashed buses. Uh, Corbin, what do you got? Uh, I thought this was a pretty good one. I loved Malcolm. <clears throat> uh, I mean, it didn't seem like they did a whole lot, though. They spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to get off of this thing. Yeah. When in the end, it was just to go visit some fish people, grab their thingy-mabob. What? Oh, fly people. <laughs> fly pe- fish people? Did you say fish people? Thinking of the wrong <laughs> alien species. But uh, Who are you thinking of? The uh, half? Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, half. The half. Oh, the half. Oh, the half. Oh, the half. So saying. they go visit some fly people, get a part, and then fly through the thing. It seemed like they didn't do a whole lot for how long the episode was, but I thought it was still good. So I'm going to give it 7.5 Malcolms. So, so by the way, did anybody notice? I didn't notice until I was putting together the recap that he went to the fly people and got the flying technology. <laughs> I had I to change the way I wrote the recap that. because of that. Oh, I, gosh. I, was, <laughs> I don't know if that was intentional or not. So, um, I, yeah, I thought, I, I thought the way Jared summed it up was great. This was a fun one. I like this one. I would, uh, you know, I would rewatch it uh, here and there, I guess, but um, not one that if I'm thinking of, you know, go-to episodes for Doctor Who, you know, the, the best of the best. I'm not necessarily going to go here. So I'm going to give it 0.07 Bernards. Bernard. Because that would so be... So that would be rated it four dimensions. I, that would be the equivalent of seven Malcolms. So you just rated right it below in yours. four dimensions. I did indeed. I said earlier that I live in four dimensions. Did you not hear that? Hmm. <laughs> no. Apparently not. Yeah, <laughs> you, were you must have said it in four dimensions. I, I must have said it in the, I must have said it in the future. Hmm? <laughs> I guess you didn't think of that one, boy. Hmm? <laughs> All right, Trip. What do you got? Um, I know this seems like I'm copying, but he didn't actually. Jared didn't actually say smash buses. He has said double decker buses. Oh, okay. And also, I came up with this before he said he that. did. In fact. So, um, I'm gonna give it eight out of ten crunched buses. Crunched very good. Very buses. good. Crunched. 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 Crunch. It says. And crunchy. Uh, let's see. Jared gave it 150 to 175 creep levels. Come on, Jared. Like, would you make Come up your on. mind? Trips over here like 116.7. Uh, and you're like, I don't know, a range of 25 perhaps. Uh, let's see. I will give it. Yeah. I Well, let's see. With, with, with Brayden, how much do we think Brayden would have been covering his eyes when the stingray ate the fly guy? I mean, that's a lot happening on screen. I'm going to I'm gonna still keep it low. I'm going to give it 225 out of 500 creep that's levels. That's low? Um, well, it's below half. So, you know. What so, did we put the weeping angels at? Like 592? I'm pretty sure I did 500. <laughs> yeah, I think we were making jokes about the elevator bursting out of the top. That's right. <laughs> blowing it off into orbit. I think I said like 700. So, Trip, what's, uh, what's your creep level? Um, it was 192, but then I rethought one of the scenes was scarier than it actually was, and now I'm rewriting it to 183. Did you say 192? Yeah. And then you realized one scene was scarier? So no, you less went, scary. Oh, oh, I thought you said mm-hmm. scarier. I still love how you're like, 192. 
Oh, no, you know, it's a 183. <laughs> Please choose an even number. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did do, I did 192, then 195, then 182. Wait, Corbin, you're about to, you're about to give an odd number. No, like, I always do numbers, numbers that mm-hmm. are rounded to okay. five. Okay. And Tripp's over here like, what, <laughs> 20. 23 and a half. You know what? Just so you get mad, I'm going to go point zero 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 three. <laughs> <laughs> That's three zero. Why? <laughs> and then after the three, I'm going to put a two so, and a four. So it's 183 for the episode and point zero 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 three two four for Spike. <laughs> All right. That'll be in the show notes. All right, Corbin, what, what was your quick <laughs> I remember the first time you did point five, and I'm like, was having three digits not enough for you? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right, Corbin. What was your? Uh, I'm gonna rate it uh, 125. It wasn't that scary. It's not scary. Yeah. It's not. Mm -hmm. So, so did you guys fall for the fake out of the tritabores though? um, Where they were like at the beginning, they were tapping on the screen and like chirping. We don't know how to communicate without poking our screen. That's right. And Corbin loved the uh, the closed captioning. It interpreted everything the tritabores said as chirping. C H I R R U P P I N G chirping. For some reason, I thought when um when the doctor said you can thank me now or something like that, that it literally said thanking, and I was like, excuse me, what? But it didn't. I'm blind. You can thank me. It's a, it said chirping. Yes, so. chirping. All right. So we uh, any we didn't have any theories or anything, right? Uh, no. No listener input this week. It was a little a little quiet in the old mailbox. Yeah. No new reviews or anything. So I'll just throw it out there one more time, guys. That you, you can always email us at noobsinthehoovian at gmail.com. Uh, send us a Facebook message, facebook.com slash noobsinthehoovian. Uh, or leave us a review on iTunes. That always helps us out. And uh, remember, we wanted our, our goal. We wanted to get one new review each month. So we got uh, between January and the end of June, we got six. So if we can get one per month for the rest of the month, we'll have we'll average out twelve. So we are close to the end of July. So if you're planning on leaving us a review, you got a couple of days once this releases. What's today? The twenty eighth, I think. This episode will go out later on tonight on the twenty eighth. So you've got a few days to get in your July review, so we can meet our quota and keep the wibbly wobbly train rolling. Uh, so the game plan, guys, we are moving right along with the David Tennant specials. Uh, we'll have a, a link in the show notes that'll take you directly to where those can be found on Amazon Prime. And uh, remember, those are a little bit separate from the regular Doctor Who collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, so we'll be doing the Waters of Mars. Holy cow, holy cow, holy cow. Are uh, we, oh, man. I mean, this, I don't want to tip my hat, the waters but this of is Mars amazing. Sounds like a joke because like for years, scientists have been like, oh, yeah, we found water on Mars. Yeah. Oh, wait, we didn't. Um, you know what? Actually, there was there was one of the early headlines of we think we just found a bunch of water on Mars was part of the inspiration for this episode. <laughs> so, Except apparently they didn't. I don't think they did. I could be wrong, but I don't think they found water. They have. Um, no, actually, I just, I just saw something the other day that said uh, that they, they, they have evidence that seems to suggest that there was flowing, there was running water on the surface of Mars 10 years ago. How did we never and see And I'm like, it? Really? 10 years really ago? Nice. Yeah. Really. So. It's like the asteroids. 
Oh, I hate the Asteroids articles. Oh, no, it's one so, floor, Let's one not get so started. <laughs> we're wrapping up. So, guys, we're yeah, doing Waters of Mars next week. And then don't forget, go get your tickets for Fathom Events so you can see the end of time parts one and two in the theater. Now, I mentioned last week that there must be a bunch of extra stuff because the, the runtime is two hours and 25 minutes. When I looked the other day, uh, parts one and two are like the, the episode that we just watched, uh, Planet of the Dead. It was like 59 minutes. Mar, Mar, uh, Mars of Mars. Waters of Mars is also about an hour. Both parts one and two of the end of time. One of them is like an hour. One of them is like an hour and 15 minutes. So it's longer than I thought. So the, the combined and then add on the David Tennant interview about these two episodes, it's going to have a runtime of a, a typical movie nowadays, two hours and 25 minutes. So um, <clears throat> we have a link in the show notes uh, for Fathom Events where you can get your tickets, catch it live in the theaters on August 7th. It'll be 7 o'clock wherever you are, local time. And so uh, uh, we'll be there watching it. So um, by the way, if anybody in the Dallas area, I know we have – listeners in the Dallas area. So um, if you are going to be going to the show, um, hit us up on Facebook. We'll let you know which theater it is that we're going to catch it at. Maybe we can meet up and and say hi to some folks. So um, I just thought of that. That's, you know, we, we should totally do that. So, we actually do have quite a few listeners in Dallas. It yeah, seems. yeah. So. Um, oddly enough, because we don't, like we don't have any friends of ours in Dallas that listen. <laughs> like, <laughs> we have friends of ours. Me and Trump rarely are... listen to our episodes, anyways. So. Yeah. Right, right, right. But um, at any rate, yeah, some of those downloads are me downloading it myself on, the, mm-hmm. on my phone and whatever. I mean, but, I think I download. It. Yeah. So if you're in the Dallas area, go to Fathom Events, um, check out the tickets. But before you buy them, hit us up. We'll let you know which theater that we're we're going to be seeing that at on August seventh at seven p.m. because it is showing in several theaters in the area mm. so make sure guys that uh, for next time you watch uh, the waters of mars and you can join us for the autumn david Tennant special next time until then noobs in the hoovian is a production of master closet studios where it's always smaller on the inside your senior producer is me austin reason our audio engineer is that guy wait wow <laughs> you're doing it out of order that that would be me. Hi, I'm Trip. <laughs> and our production editor is this guy. I'm Corbin, and I don't think he's doing it out of order. I don't think so. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia. Thanks to Jared for the Classic Who connection. And thanks to our Patreons for being uh, proud supporters of our work here. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Noobs in the Whovian. Email us at Noobs in the Whovian at gmail.com. Support us at Patreon.com slash Noobs in the Whovian. And wherever you found us, make sure you like, subscribe, throw some stars at our faces, and <laughs> share us with a friend. Not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. Until next time, my name is Austin. I'm the Hoovy, and these are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're, we're the Noobs. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Be whip. This is my microphone. This is Corbin's microphone. Hello, this is my microphone. And, and this is my podcast voice. And this is Tripp's microphone with his podcast voice. I hope this is my podcast voice. That is not that your is podcast not your voice. Podcast voice. Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet celebrating Easter in July. I don't know why my voice went up like that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were having a voice crack. I think you meant your Dad just turned into a, like a 13-year-old. It's the news of the Hoovian. 